Welcome in, everybody. This is the Falcons podcast. We are live. It is Wednesday morning. I had to figure out what day it was. It's Monday. This is actually the last Falcons podcast before we are down in Mobile for the Senior Bowl. So I'm looking forward to that. So make sure when you do, uh, when you're watching, hit that like and subscribe button so you get your alerts because we move things around based on schedule sometimes. We probably won't be live next Monday because I'll be driving down to Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl, but then we'll go live on Tuesday instead. And I want to make sure you get that alert. We've got a lot to go over today. Uh, the Falcons coaching search, frankly, I think a lot of us had expected it to be over by now. It seemed like a lot of momentum was building towards Bill Belichick as being the head coach. A lot of the you know, reading the tea leaves with some of the interviews and Ryan Nielsen being allowed to interview in other places right after Bill Belichick had interviewed the Arthur Blank connection, the first guy to get his second second interview back for a while. The only guy to have a second interview is Bill Belichick. Now I'm not so sure. Now it seems like things are backing off a little bit. There might be a reason behind that that we'll get into. I titled that one in the Rich McKay bombshell. There are some uh, some movements in other places as well that we can get into with some of the openings like Jim Harbaugh, Ben Johnson, uh, Dave Canales, some of the other guys that are out there. So we want to get into all of that. Nick should be joining me here shortly. He didn't tell me he wasn't coming, uh, but you know when he's he could be sleeping because he didn't get any sleep at all with a what what are we talking about now? A twenty day old baby, three weeks old, so three week old at home, and he's uh. He, he, if he joins us, great. If not, we'll understand. So we go live every morning because, well, we like having the conversation. Frankly, I like doing Q&As more than I like doing just monologues. So I want to say hello to a lot of folks that have come in nice and early that we'll have questions and interact with. Uh, like 10 Cam, he was here this morning. First one to check in, breaking the ice on YouTube. He says, good morning. Good morning. Right back at you. Greg Thomas, good morning on YouTube. Rose Staxon. Good morning to you as well. Um, Ten Cam, he says, have you seen the news clips of Mohamed Sanu being interested in a position coach? I have not. That reminds me, though, one of the ones we probably should talk about was Cam Newton saying the only team that he would play for uh, if he were to make a comeback. And the thing is, is on Good Morning Football or whatever show he was on, I, they all look the same to me. Uh was asking him, hey, listen, you actually could make a comeback. He's still relatively young. Uh, wh where would you go back? So we'll get into that one a little bit. I know that sent a lot of people over the edge uh, talking about Cam Newton, but let's we'll, we'll bring a, bring some levity to the conversation um, afterwards. Uh, Rashad Flowers, good to see you. Uh, Stacy R. Nix, good morning. He says, hey, Scott, how are you? Good morning. Love your show. Um, my shoe, yeah, I've got on, I've got on my blue Under Armors. I, I like wearing blue shoes. Um, I'm a big blue fan. Uh, no, I know you're kidding, Stacy. I, I get it. Um, I read typo. I, I've been around long enough to read typo. Uh, Curtis Case, good morning, good morning to you, Curtis. I appreciate you being here. Bubba Gump's in the house. Uh, Michael Grimmis Jr. says, "Good morning, Scott. What do you think about Dak Prescott coming to the A?" I think that becomes real interesting. Um, he's got a big number on his contract next year. Uh, it would be financially, it would be difficult for the Cowboys to make a move there. He's he's got like a sixty million cap hit with a sixty million dollar dead cap hit. However, you know if you make a trade and you're if if you're Atlanta and you make a trade, you pick up 
what however much of that salary that you decide you would pick up and then it helps offset because a lot of that is in is in in salary um falcons could afford it do the cowboys want to reset do they not want to give him an extension would you be willing to give him the extension he desires because frankly you're not going to you're not going to make that trade unless you give him an extension and do you end up with a russell wilson situation where you give him an extension and then to for 250 million dollars and you make the trade, which would be costly, uh, cost you at least two first-round picks, and then you give them a two hundred and fifty million dollar extension. You're you're married to Dak Prescott for a while. Would that be the worst thing in the world? No, Dak Prescott's a hell of a quarterback. Now there's, you know, there's a lot of the Matt Ryan syndrome. What has he won on there? But it, it is a team sport, and you know, Dak just set the Cowboys record for touchdown passes last year. Third in the MVP voting. He's still young for a quarterback. Uh, it'd be expensive. I would explore that option for sure. I hadn't really thought about it, to be honest with you. Um, I'd be interested. Again, it all comes down to what would it cost versus what is the return? Would Dak Prescott make this team better? Pff, come on. Yes, absolutely. Um, and and I, I do, I get a little, I, I chuckle a little bit at the, Super Bowl or bust types of people out there. Well, Dak Prescott's never won anything. We don't want that loser here. Guys, Falcons have been around 60 years. They, they've never won a Super Bowl either. You know, it's, well, you're never going to with that mentality. It, to me, it's just get better. What are you doing to get better? Does Dak Prescott make your team better? Maybe. Because, again, he would be expensive to acquire the, the salary cap and all that type of stuff. What does it cost? Does the player improve your team? Absolutely. Okay. Then what does it cost to get him? Let's weigh those options and make a decision. I think it'd be probably too expensive. Again, my, my first inclination is get a quarterback in the draft. I'm just not sure how easy that's going to be in this draft. Uh, Bubba Gump says uh, McKay needs to go, go away. That seems to be one of the things that's uh, that might be holding up the Bill Belichick thing. As soon as we get done saying uh, some of our good mornings, we'll get into that one a little bit. Uh, James saying good morning. Conga Hyder is here. Good morning as well to you. Zach Powers, appreciate you being here. Anthony, Jamal D says, yo, uh, Archangel's here. Good to see you. Um, Archangel says, Cam washed up Newton coming back. What a joke. Yeah, and, and I'll just hit this so we can get it out of the way. Um you know, I posted that on the Facebook page yesterday and everybody's just losing their mind. It's like, listen, having a guy come in for a workout costs you zero. It doesn't even cost you a plane ticket. Why wouldn't you if Cam Newton, former MVP, who's in his low 30s, says, yeah, the only place I'd want to play if it's, it's Atlanta or nobody. If I'm a new coach, I'd come in. I say, hey, Cam, hey, let's have coffee. Let's 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 see what's up. You know, how serious are you? What kind of shape have you been in? Um, oh, I've been working out and doing this with this guy and this guy, and I've been throwing and doing this. Okay, well, let's let's come in for a workout. They do that all the time. They have they have five, six, seven, eight, ten guys in every week for tryouts and, and that type of stuff. We just don't hear about it a lot because they're no names. It costs you zero. It doesn't even cost you a plane ticket. I've had the same conversation about would you bring Mac Jones in for a workout? Yes, I would. I'd bring everybody in for a workout. I mean, maybe that's just my nature as I, I love to scout players. Uh, scouted Cam Newton when he was at Westlake. Yes. Why not? What kind of, it's a big distraction in, in January. You know, it doesn't cost you anything. 
Yes, if Cam Newton was interested. And I did some some background research and said that he was keeping in shape and doing all that stuff. Yeah, I'd bring him in for a workout and a physical. Why the hell not? Am I going to sign him to a $10 million contract? <clears throat> now we have problems. Probably not. But why not? Why not kick the tires? What's it hurt? What's it going to cost you? If it costs you zero, why not? So, yeah, no, I, I don't think it's very likely either, Archangel. But, yeah, I'd have a phone call with Cam Newton. Absolutely. I'd have a cup of coffee with Cam Newton. Sure, why not? Um, Brandon Swank comes in, and we'll, we'll get to this to the topic. He says, uh, he says, do you think Rich McKay is the reason we didn't hire Bill Belichick yet? Let me share this screen I've got over here. Uh, WSB Zach Klein kind of ran with this yesterday. Um, bring this up here. Let me expand this again a little bit. Um, but that's basically what he said. Zach Klein at Zach Klein, uh, WSB says from talking to numerous sources around the NFL, the most important factor in deciding the next head coach is Rich McKay. He's Arthur Blank's most trusted friend and has been by his side since pushing the team in 2002. If he can get past the idea of getting rid of Rich, I'm paraphrasing here now, um, then Bill Belichick will be hired. If Blank feels he needs McKay, who's been Arthur's ear since 2003, Blank will hire someone else. All right, so what's that just say? It's either Bill Belichick or Rich McKay. Might not be Rich McKay anyway, but it doesn't seem like when you bring him out instead of your general manager that Rich McKay is going anywhere. Now, if you are so enamored with Bill Belichick, and I don't think that you are over a guy who has been working for you for 30 years, um, who has some track record of success in the NFL, um, but it was seen as one of the problems in Atlanta. I, I don't think Bill Belichick, if it really does, and this is what the, what Zach Klein is saying, if it really does come down to it's either I'm not working for this guy. Okay, well, then you can't work here. I have a feeling that it's not going to be Bill Belichick then. If this is true, and I have no reason to think um, that it's not, because it sure felt like Belichick, like all signs were pointing to Belichick 10 days ago, all of them. Um, Rich McKay, I think he will be there before. If it's going to be one or the other, Rich McKay is going to be safe. Um, I've seen Falcons fans say, Hey, I don't care what Belichick is, is if he's any good or not. If he, if he helps us get rid of, uh, if he helps us get rid of Rich McKay, then I want him. You know, I had a, uh, I had a girlfriend like that in college. Um, she was awful to me, <laughs> but she helped me get rid of this other girl that I couldn't get rid of for years that it was just, it was just dragging along. And I looked back and said, you know what? It was worth it. Uh, she was she wasn't very nice to me, but she uh she helped me get this other harpy off of my back. Worth it. Totally worth it. Uh, and helps you learn what you are looking for and experience what you are looking for in your next relationship, slash head coach, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so yes, is he learning? Um, let me see. Anthony Evans says, I keep seeing the front office um, doesn't want him. Is this true or cap? Now, this is one of the slangs I don't really understand is cap. And we'll get into that cap. Slang is usually short for something. Is lie too long a word for people? 
I don't understand where cap comes from. Lie is pretty short. I, I, that one I don't understand. No cap, no lie. Is it just too old or something? We need a new word because it was all the old people were saying it. You know that ain't no lie. Um, no lie. I, I don't, I don't understand cap. That one I had to ask. I'm like, what the hell does cap even mean? Lie. Well, lie's short. You know, it's not like I'm saying rad for radical or something. Um, the front office. Rich McKay will do whatever he can to hold on to his job. He's not going to advocate for a coach that is going to get him fired. He's not going to advocate. The people in the building are not going to push. the Anybody that is loyal to Rich McKay, which means they draw a paycheck because of Rich McKay, is not going to want Bill Belichick if what we can be, if what we are reading from Zach Klein is true. So that could be a very big hang up on there. Um, Victor Marioni, good to see you. He says, just to support the show. Great content, guys. Thank you for being here. Uh, appreciate the, the show. And just a reminder from, from Victor here, the most direct way to support the show and what we are doing is with super chats like this. Where are you from, Victor? Because that's a euro coming in with the two euros, uh, is with super chats on Facebook, on, on YouTube, and then stars on Facebook, wherever you're watching this, it is set up that way. Um, it's Ms. Ms. Sydney says, good morning. We don't want Dak or Belichick. Dak either under cowboy pressure or you have anxiety. Bill and no, because you not do well with it in, in Atlanta personalities. Um, the, the problem I have with Bill Belichick is then what are you going to do at your court with your quarterback? You know, it's you can't I can't draft and develop. You know, I don't have a, a three-year plan with Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is I expect you to win in 2024 if I make that hire. If I make the hire of Belichick, I expect you to win in 2024. Okay, that's fine. Where's your quarterback? And is that a guy? And again, Scott, you just said you were talking about Dak Prescott and winning. Winning what? Improving. You know, okay, you go in and get Kirk Cousins. All right, I I might be interested in Kirk Cousins and, and Belichick. But for me, the quarterback is as important as the head coach. And your timeline shortens zip with Belichick to draft and develop, to get a young guy to build around. Now you go and get someone like Bobby Slowick and you bring in a, a quarterback. I think the big three are going to be gone uh, by the time the Falcons get to eight. And I don't think it'll be, it's going to be almost impossible to try and draft up. But let's say you get a, a Pratt, in the third or fourth round, you get Bo Nix, maybe you trade back and you're able to get Bo Nix later. Maybe you take a flyer on Michael Penix um, because you're, you're, he, his injury history scares you off a little bit. And then you've got Bobby Sloak calling plays for maybe Desmond Ritter, who's not shouldn't be going anywhere unless he's part of a trade package to get you a quarterback. And then you can see maybe Desmond Ritter take that next step. Do I think Arthur Smith is the reason why Desmond Ritter was not any good? No. Do I think Desmond Ritter is the reason why Arthur Smith is fired? Well, personnel-wise, yeah, that's a big part of it. But I don't think Arthur Smith is as bad as he looked with Ritter, and I don't think Ritter is as bad as he looked with Arthur Smith. So that separation could probably be good for both of them, and a new coach for Ritter means I'm not quite ready to write off Desmond Ritter, if that makes sense. So he, he, he'll he be in it. That said, you cannot go into this season with Desmond Ritter as your quarterback. You have to exhaust every avenue you possibly can to get another quarterback. Who's that going to be? And if it's Belichick, I don't know. I really don't know. 
Um, let me see here. And Rose says, no Dak Prescott, please. Again, I, I just feel like, you know, beggars can't be choosers at this point. It's the cost for Dak Prescott, not the player. Dak Prescott's a good quarterback. He's he's a top 10 guy. How are you going to get a top 10 quarterback in Atlanta in the next three years? Is there anybody you would draft that would, you know, maybe there's a lot of maybes. It's pretty much guaranteed with Dak. Again, what's it going to cost you? Would your team again? Matt Ryan got a lot of shtick because of his contract. The Falcons were losing and people looking at his contract and saying his contract is holding his team back. And there's some truth to that. It's not because he wasn't any good. Matt Ryan is a good quarterback. Um, Dwayne Doss. Good to see you, Dwayne. So good morning, Scott. Look forward to this every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday now. Easily my favorite podcast. Thank you for all the content and dedication. I need to be more dedicated on Fridays. Um, I, uh, sometimes when Nick isn't going to be here for Friday, I'm like, I don't feel like doing this. But comments like this help get me going. And then I, I kind of say it's like working out. Sometimes you're like, man, I don't feel like doing this. And then when you get in the gym, you feel great. You're like, why is it hard to do stuff that makes you feel good and easy? Like sitting on the couch and eating a bag of Doritos and watching TV. That's real easy to do. And stuff that makes you feel great is hard. That doesn't, doesn't make any sense, man. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, Mike Harvey, um, Raheem, Raheem Morris sucks. He's third, 21 and 38, 356 as a head coach. Yeah. He, uh, he had three seasons. He had a bad season, a good season and a bad season in Tampa Bay 15 years ago. Um, I don't remember if this is you, Mike. I don't think it was, but someone was kind of spamming the, 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 the comments after the fact saying, you know, you're out of your mind and, you know, how can you even think Raheem Morris could be any good? I'm like, guys, 15 years doesn't matter. Really? Where were you 15 years ago? Good Lord. 15 years. I'm a completely different person than I was 15 years ago. And Raheem Morris got that job before he was ready at 33, 32 years old. He's, I, I think he would be more qualified as a candidate to take it now with the experience also to learn from his mistakes as an arrogant kid that he was uh, at 32 years old. Um, not to mention, let's talk about the importance of being able to hire the staff around you, the contacts that you've made and the relationships that you've made in the next 15 years of your NFL career you think, do you think 47-year-old Raheem Morris could build a staff better than 32-year-old Raheem Morris? That's kind of rhetorical, Mike. Um, let me see here. Um, Rusty Morris says, please stop with the Cam nonsense. Are we not a joke enough without Cam? Again, when it's on ESPN, it's going to be national news when Cam says something. So I addressed it. Would I, would I have a cup of coffee and call Cam Newton? Yes, I would. Would I advocate him for being the quarterback of this team in 2024? No, I would not. That's the end of that. Um, Jamal D says, Russell Wilson on a two-year deal, maybe move up for Jaden Daniels. Hire Jim Harbaugh. That's a perfect offseason. Yeah, the problem is, is Jim Harbaugh is probably going to go where there's already a quarterback in place. Uh, he's He looks like he's getting pretty close to being the LA Chargers head coach. My number one choice, Ben Johnson. Looks like he is going to end up with the Washington Commanders where he will be able to draft his quarterback because they have the number two pick. So you see, you see a common theme here, y'all, about uh, about having that, that, uh, that quarterback and some of the things that scare you now. Bobby Slowick worked wonders with C.J. Stroud. He's done a really good job. 
He is uh, he he reportedly from multiple reports did a had a really good interview with the Atlanta Falcons. They are going in for a second interview with him. Ben Johnson, Aaron Glenn, the two coordinators with the Detroit Lions, are supposed to fly out to Detroit and have those in-person interviews. We'll see if it gets that far um, with Ben Johnson beyond maybe we can't really announce him as our next head coach until they're out of the playoffs thing. Uh, so they might go through the motions, run out the ground ball, so to speak. But Bobby Slowick is also gaining some momentum. Would I rather have him? Again, it's not this binary choice where you just get to choose this guy or this guy. It doesn't work like that. It's it's there's other factors here. Bobby Sloak's going to have lots of uh, other options. He may choose those other options. Your best option may end up being Raheem Morris. Do I want Raheem Morris over Ben Johnson? No. Do I want Raheem Morris over Bobby Sloak? No. Do I want Raheem Morris over Bill Belichick? Probably. Yeah, probably. Um, would I want him over Jim Harbaugh? No. So that puts him as my fourth choice at best, because there's probably some other guys out there. I, I just have to look at the list. Um, you know, Aaron Glenn, I mentioned him. Uh, God, they've interviewed 13 guys. Uh, you know, would, would Raheem Morris be my best choice? No. Would I think it would be the end of the world? No. I, I think there's some positive reasons why Raheem Morris is a candidate in here. Um one of the other people that's supposed to get a second interview is Ajiro Evero, Carolina Panthers. Raheem Morris was Ajiro Evero's boss in, in, in L.A. There's going to be a staff change in Carolina. Does Raheem Morris bring Evero in with him as the defensive coordinator? And, and Morris gets one more year as a defensive coordinator. That would be his third. And then he becomes a head coach one day. Maybe. You know, I go back to that staff thing. You know, do you think he could build a better staff than he could when he was 32 in Tampa? Yes. So no, Raheem Morris isn't my first choice. He's probably my fourth or fifth choice at best. But that doesn't make him a bad choice. So just because you can't get your first choice doesn't mean your, your second choice is, is bad. There's a lot of good candidates out there. There's a lot of good, re, good, good coaching candidates to be excited about. The quarterback scares me more than the coach. Let's be honest. That one scares me more than the coach. So, Russell Wilson on a two-year deal. Russell Wilson, you wouldn't need to sign to a two-year deal. You'd sign to a one-year deal and with basically options because any money that you pay Russell Wilson on a new deal basically goes to the Denver Broncos. They worked that out in his contract. I hadn't really seen that before. Um, so, he has absolutely no incentive to do the Broncos a favor. He'll sign for the vet minimum next year. Russell Wilson will cost you a million five on a vet minimum in 2024. That's not a bad idea. Maybe that's your quarterback. I could, you could do worse. You could do worse. That's for sure. All right, let's come down here. Um, let me see here. Uh, and Omar says, uh, excellent mindset. You have to about being opportunistic. Is Cam better than what Atlanta probably already has? Probably not. No, I said I wouldn't talk about this anymore. Probably not. No, but. Who knows? You just, you never know. If it doesn't cost you anything, why not give it a, a try, a workout? Like I said, I'll go the same thing with Trey Lance. The, the, last year in August, someone said, would you trade a third round pick for Trey Lance? I said, yeah, probably. That's that's peanuts for a, a, a quarterback. Probably. The Dallas Cowboys did. Uh, probably, yeah. Would you, if the, if the uh, Patriots move on from Mac Jones, would you be on the phone with him? Would you give him, uh, would you want to bring in Mac Jones? Now people always think like bring in and make him your starter. No, no, no. 
bring him in for, uh, I, I want to do some due diligence on him. I want to talk to some of his former teammates and former coaches and see if he might be a decent fit. Uh, if it's not a stay away from this guy, because there are personalities that you don't want anywhere you're in your program. It's like, no, he got a bad deal there. He didn't get along with Josh McDaniels. Who does? Uh, or whatever, whatever it might be. Um, a new situation, the kid could be good. Okay, let's get on the phone with his agent. And why don't you come down for a uh, you know workout, tour the facilities and see if it might be a fit. And then, and then, and then, and then, due diligence on this. I would absolutely talk to Mac Jones. Why not? You've got a, a, a staff of, of you know, the, the, the Atlanta Falcons coaching staff is huge. The scouting department is huge. The player personnel department is huge. This is what they do. That's their jobs, man. Yeah. I take a look. Anthony Evans says, Arthur Blank getting rid of McKay. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so either. And if that could be the, what keeps Bill Belichick away, then you have to start thinking Atlanta Falcons fans. All right. Well, which of the two evils, you know, would I, I know there's an expiration date on Bill Belichick. Is there going to ever be one on McKay? Um, Greg, sorry, it's taking me a little while to get this. Greg came in a few minutes ago with a, um, with a super chat. And he says it's Greg is GQB customer kicks says, good morning, Scott. Rich McKay is a toilet seat cover away from running the team into the ground. It's not quite that bad. Um, but when you start hearing that the candidates you're interested won't come to work for the guy who's not even your general manager, that's a problem. Let's get into that for a second, y'all. And Greg, I appreciate it because I, I think this is a good point. If someone were to say, listen, I don't, I don't want to work for Terry Fontenot. Okay, well... Terry Fontenot has a big, you know, I want to, I want to have a, more of a say in my own personnel. Terry Fontenot has, should have a big say in who I will be coaching and we're going to have to work together hand in hand. Now, what the hell does Rich McKay, what is he even involved in? That's a problem. And, and that goes back to the discussion. It's like, why wasn't Terry Fontenot sitting there when they were announcing that they were, they were moving on from. Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot would be involved in the coaching hire. And um, I don't know if you caught it, but they walked back something they said so badly that, yes, Terry Fontenot was involved. We hired Terry Fontenot and he was involved in all of the coaching uh, coaching uh, interviews last year. One, he was hired at least by date after Arthur Smith. And two... Later on, if you, I actually have this on, on my channel, later on in that same interview with Rich McKay, they were talking about, um, may have been one of the 11 Alive guys, but basically put him on the spot, says, if it's just you two doing this again, what, what makes Falcons fans think that you can get it right? And Rich McKay says, well, there are new voices in the room, specifically Terry Fontenot, the general manager. Wait a minute. Is he a new voice in the room as part of the interview process? Or is he involved in it like he was last year, like you just said 15 minutes ago? Nobody really caught that. I did. You know the saying, if, uh, you know, tell the truth, you never have to remember what you say. Holy cow, that was either a bold-faced lie. Uh, I'm talking myself into Bill Belichick pretty easy just to get rid of Rich McKay here, aren't I, Edward? Uh, uh, Greg, Edward just came in with a super chat. Appreciate you, uh, Edward. He says, we let LaFleur and McDaniels out of the building. Uh, McDaniel, this is different since we are talking with about Bill Belichick. It's, it's uh, Mike McDaniel, Josh McDaniels. 
Josh McDaniels is a, is a Bill Belichick guy. Mike McDaniel and both LaFleurs were on the Atlanta Falcons coaching staff in 2016. I hope letting Nielsen out of the building doesn't come back to bite us in the butt. Um, this is an... Uh, this is a complete change, Edward. So it's a little more, unless you're going to make him the head coach. And, and I, I like that you put it this way because, you know, some people sometimes say that Shanahan, that Kyle, you had Kyle Shanahan. Well, unless you're going to fire a coach that just took your team to the Super Bowl, which you're not going to do, even if you lost it in humiliating fashion, Dan Quinn wasn't getting fired after that game. You're not going to be able to keep Kyle Shanahan. He got a head coaching job. Well, what about Matt and Mike? I think Mike's his name, but, but what about the LaFleurs? Why not make them an offer they can't refuse to be offensive coordinator? Well, one of them may have said, well, I'm going to go with Kyle Shanahan and be offensive coordinator at San Francisco. Okay, are both of them going to do that? Mike McDaniel was a passing game coordinator at the time, Edward. I probably could have found a, a promotion for him also. He got one in San Francisco. So you can't give all of those guys promotions to take them with you but but Kyle Shanahan cleaned out the entire offensive staff and your response it still makes me nauseous to say this your response was to hire a a failure at, at, at USC and Steve Sarkeesian who had never been an, an, a coordinator in the NFL and hand him the keys to the number one ranked offense of the NFL that's one of the big reasons why we are where we are with the Atlanta Falcons right now was these these decisions in 2016? Well, it would have been 2017, uh, January of 2017 at the time. Edward, you are spot on, spot on, my friend. Uh, Dave, good to see you. He says, uh, "Good morning," and hopefully, you guys have. I trust you to have good questions. I don't have time to read them beforehand, so I trust you to have good questions to come in. So I come to Dave. I realize that I may be in the minority, but if it takes McKay keeping Belichick away, then I'm all for it. Uh, and Dave, I get this, you know, uh, it, it's, it's like, listen, which one, who would you rather have there rich McKay, or would you rather have Bill Belichick? I think just because of the expiration date, I know if I've got Belichick, it may be two years. It, it may, if it doesn't work, he's going to be gone in two years. How long are you willing to wait? Falcons fans. We've been waiting for 60. <laughs> Um, so I don't know on that. And, and ghost pepper says, uh, until rich McKay is gone, nothing, uh, nothing, but, but like, yes, boys will get hired. I guess. Yes. Men do boys. I would think that's kind of the same thing. Um, and I it says cap equals PS. I know what it means. It means lying. Yeah. It's just no cap. It just, again, I don't get why cap came about because lie is short. No lie. Um, I don't, that's the one I don't get. I get a lot of slang um, going back to this, but Dave says this pursuit of Belichick is absurd to me. And here's a question, Falcons fans, and it ne shouldn't necessarily make a difference. You know, you should trust you for you. Um, you know, going back to, I don't want who no one else is after. Well, if you, if, if you see something in somebody, then take a chance. Where's Belichick going if he's not going to Atlanta? That's one of the reasons it seems like he was headed to Atlanta for sure, because it's been so quiet everywhere else. Has he has he even interviewed anywhere else? I mean, and that's why he said, is this is this a horse and pony show? You're gonna interview 13 guys just to hire Belichick anyway, who isn't interviewing anywhere else? Why isn't he wasting his time on any other interviews? 
who else is after Belichick? There might be a reason for that one. Um, let me scroll down here. We just got to, uh, <laughs> I just got to the, the cap stuff. I know what cap means. I just don't necessarily understand where that one came from. Um, Michael Rankio, good to see you. We can talk a little mock draft on too, uh, on this one too. He says, if Mel Kuyper's uh, first mock draft, and here's the thing, it's not just Mel Kuyper, but uh, he's got Caleb Williams going to the Bears, Jaden Daniels to the Commanders, and then with the third pick, Drake May is going to the Patriots. If you look at every mock draft there is now, and I've been saying this for months, at least, yeah, we're into months now, since like November, the quarterbacks are going one, two, three, and you're not going to be able to get get them out of there unless you can pry something away from Chicago, which is going to cost you a fortune. Three first-round draft picks just to get somebody to answer the phone in Chicago. So if Caleb Williams makes sense to them. He is a higher-graded prospect, and he'll be cheaper and younger and all that stuff than Justin Fields. You move on from Justin Fields, you take Caleb Williams. You're not going to be able to get the commanders out of the two spot when they need a quarterback, and you're not going to be able to get the Patriots out of the three spot when they need a quarterback. So what are you going to do? Are you going to go QB4? Who's that going to be? The only other in, in Mel Kuyper's draft, and it wasn't Daniel Jeremiah, it was Bucky Brooks. Daniel Jeremiah may have also have done this, but on all three of those drafts, the next quarterback was Bo Nix. And I don't think any one of the three, and I'm positive two of them do not, have another quarterback in the first round at all. You want to reach on Bo Nix? Maybe, maybe. Here's one of the things I'm looking forward to. Bo Nix is going to be down making pro-style throws for three days down at the Senior Bowl, and I will have a 4K camera on him and Spencer Rattler and uh, and hopefully uh, Michael Penix is throwing and all those guys that are down there. I'll have a camera on them all week. So I'll have 100 throws of them, and we'll get an idea because th that's the question around Bo Nix is that – he looked poor at Auburn. We know that, but his numbers at Oregon are silly. I mean, 45 to three touchdown to interception ratio. But whenever I tune in to watch Bo Nix, I don't see an NFL throw being made. I see side to side to side to side. Um, is he good with his pre snap stuff? Yeah, he can read a defense. He's got, you know, 60 starts in, in college football, but I just, I don't know on that one. Um, Stacy says, uh, Jaden Daniels keeps dropping to me on the PFF mock draft. Is it true that uh, Ritter didn't have a true quarterback coach? Good questions. Jaden Daniels falls to me too, you know, and that's that's the problem. They've got him ranked there. Jaden Daniels is, unless something happens between now and then, which is possible, um, he goes and I, he those guys aren't getting out of one, two, three. I just uh, I just don't see it happening. And, and the 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 whole argument that um, Ritter didn't have a quarterback coach that's nonsense. Okay. Dave Ragone was a quarterback's coach. That's what he did. He was a quarterback coach for four years in Chicago. I think he, looking at his resume, I think he was a quarterback coach at a previous stop. He didn't have that title in Atlanta because they basically gave him a promotion of sorts. So he wasn't just quarterback coach. They gave him a, a fancier title so that there wasn't anybody with the title of quarterback coach. Dave Ragone was a quarterback coach, and he has experience being the quarterback coach. Now, whether or not you think he was worth a damn as a quarterback coach is a different conversation. But to say that he didn't have a quarterback coach, that there was no quarterback coach in Atlanta is disingenuous and it's it's intellectually dishonest um, on that one. Um, want to uh, to go down. We're, I'm a little behind here just because it takes me a while to scroll down. Um, 
through these. Um, <laughs> Brian Friedman, uh, you know, here, what's it going to take to get the job? As long as the new head coach is willing to kiss Rich McKay's ass, he has a chance to become the guy. Yeah, we'll see. I hope that's not it. Keith McCants, he says he thinks Belichick and Morris are the top two for the job. I'm sliding Bobby Sloak's name in there too, Keith. I don't think, I, I think there's a chance there. Uh, someplace else to go. Um, someplace else to go. And Rusty, I'm glad you're following up on this one. Um, because again, do I, I don't mind getting shillelagh for stuff I said, you know, like, don't, you know, I retweeted it on my Falcons account a few minutes ago. This guy says it's nonsense that Arthur Smith, don't be silly. Arthur Smith is going to be fired. You, you morons. He's, he's not going to be fired. He'll be the coach. I'm like, all right, I bookmarked that one because the next day I did our top head coaching. And I don't mind that stuff. What I said was Ritter will be here. Okay. Ritter will probably be here next year unless he's packaged away. Do I think Ritter can be better in 2024 with Bobby Sloak as a head coach slash offensive coordinator? Yes, I, I do believe that. Do I believe, and that's worst case scenario. So I didn't imply with me being okay with it. No, I, I didn't. I, I don't think if I implied that, I apologize. Ritter would be better in 2024 than he was in 2023 under Bobby Sloak. The Atlanta Falcons have to go all in, have to go all in on acquiring a quarterback this offseason. They have to. What if they don't get him? Huh? That's what I'm asking. That's the question I'm asking, Rusty. What if um, what if Russell Wilson decides to go to Carolina? I don't know. I'm making stuff up. What if, um, if um, Kirk Cousins decides to go back to Minnesota? What if you can't get a quarterback in the draft other than broken-shouldered, broken-knees Michael Penix in the second round, and you don't think that Bo Nix is worth a damn? Uh, you take a flyer on Spencer Rattler in the third. Okay, that's fine. But what if those guys don't end up being better than Desmond Ritter? That's that's the question. There's no guarantee. I see these guys talk about all the time, and I was getting frustrated with it, was, well, I don't want another broken-down retread. Well, you know what all those broken-down retreads used to be? High draft picks. Most of them were. <laughs> Most of them were high draft picks. There's no guarantee that drafting a quarterback means you are going to get a good quarterback. So do I think Desmond Ritter would be better under Bobby Sloak? Yes, I do. Do I want Desmond Ritter to be the quarterback for this team in 2024? No, I do not. I want better. I want better. My, it's not totally up to you, though, is it? It's not totally up to the Atlanta Falcons to have a better quarterback. There's other factors in play. That's what I was saying. Andrew Norman says, are we looking at Bobby Sloak? Yes, I think he's actually one of the three I would pick right now. And if it's not Belichick, if this comes down to McKay and it's not Belichick, I think it'd probably end up being uh, Bobby Sloak or Raheem Morris, I think would probably be the two favorites right now. Um, and, and this is one of the things I see all the time. You know, maybe CJ Stroud would have been good anyways, and it has nothing to do with Bobby Sloak. Uh, maybe not which is why I also say, I said at the very beginning, I hear this echoing in my ear, so I'm pretty sure I said this. I'm more worried about quarterback for this team than head coach right now. Having no quarterback scares me more. And I know I said that, Rusty. Having no quarterback that you can depend on scares me more than which one of these guys, these candidates, it, it is going to be the head coach. What the hell are you going to do at quarterback scares me more than if the Falcons were to have to choose between Bill Belichick, Bobby Sloak, and Raheem Morris. I'm okay with any of those three. I can come up with some decent reasons. I can live with any of those. What about your quarterback? The worst case scenario, 
is Desmond Ritter. That's worst case. I love the autocorrect on this one here, John. So I'm just gonna gonna point this one out here. It says, but maybe Eric the enemy. <laughs> I don't know if that was a voice to text, but that's awesome on on Eric the enemy. Um, Eric the enemy. I don't know if something is already in place with Eric the enemy, but he's not getting a sniff. I haven't seen him talked about as an interview with anyone. Uh, and he has flamed out of his previous interviews. You know, it made sense. He's at Kansas City, who he is not the quarterback coach. We can get back to that question uh, about not having a quarterback coach. He absolutely was not the quarterback coach in Kansas City. And he was not calling plays as an offensive coordinator. So you ask yourself, what the hell is he actually even doing then? He needed to get out and go and, and become a true offensive coordinator, quarterback coach, play caller. And he's only done that for one season as it was at Washington. That staff has been let go and there's not a lot of talk. The, the talk that Nick said watching the AFC West is that he could end up back in KC and maybe have an expanded role and maybe Andy Reid calls it quits. And then what? And then he goes back. Who do they hire? Or is he a coach of waiting? I don't know. But I um, I don't know on that one. Uh, but I, I, just, I just don't think he's a... There's other guys that have stronger resumes out there than him. Anthony says, do you think Ryan uh, Nielsen wanted out? Why did they let him walk? It was the right thing to do. And basically somebody else coming in is going to want their own staff. So I have a chance to go get a, a job with a playoff team or, you know, thereabouts. They're close. Uh, an up and coming playoff team. Or I can sit around and wait and see if you want to keep me around here when with a seven and team that just got fired. Ryan Nielsen did what was best for him, especially if he wasn't getting any. Speaking of guys that should be on the precipice of 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 um, head coaching interviews, one more season in Jacksonville like he had with Atlanta, where they improve dramatically. Ryan Nielsen's going to be on the short list for uh, head coaching jobs too. Um, John Roberts says, I think we need to hire an offensive coach because of the quarterback. And John, I don't think it's just the offensive coach because of the quarterback. I think one of the reasons you want an offensive coach, period, is because um, if you have a decent offensive coordinator, he's going to get hired away and you have to change schemes all the time. You saw that with Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn was having to change his offensive coordinators. Falcons were good under Quinn the first few years and you had to go different offensive coordinator and then changing schemes like that will eventually come and bite you in the butt. Um, it's a lot easier to replace a defensive coordinator because the personnel makes such so much a bigger difference. If you've got good personnel on defense, you're going to have a good defense. We've seen good personnel go to crap on offense because it's harder to play offense. Um, if I've got 10 guys doing their job and one fail on offense, whether it's a miss block, a hold, a errant pass, a bad read or a drop ball, my play is dead. I could have 10 guys on defense fall on their butts. And if Grady Jarrett comes through and sacks your quarterback, I win. So the defensive coordinators are a lot easier to replace. Makes sense to make sure that your offensive coordinator and play caller are going to be around for a while if he has some success. And then on the second point of that, John, is... The Falcons have put so much into this offense that you want to make sure you've got an offensive guy that's going to be with them for a while. You're talking three top 10 picks at skill position players and a ton of money into the offensive line. Now you got to get your quarterback, uh, but they, they've put so many resources, long-term resources, not just short-term money, uh, Calais Campbell, Bud Dupree, 
um, those type of, uh, you know, Jeff Okuda, one-year one deals. They've put so much long-term resources and contracts and draft picks into the offense. You kind of need to go offensive guy. Well, Scott, what were you saying about Raheem Morris? Yes, I know. That's why Raheem Morris is farther down my list. One of the big reasons why he's farther down my list. Because I want an offensive coach, not a not a defensive coach. Um, want to scroll down here a little bit. Let me let me uh, go down to the bottom here and work my way back up, um, just so I don't miss some of the latest comments. Just because I'm you know running through here, they, they, the comments come faster than I can get to them. Um, let me see here. <laughs> I'm going to start doing some of these. Are some of my favorite ones as far as the the autocorrects go. Roy Osborne saying, good meningitis, Scott. Where are the Falcons picking? Uh, good meningitis to you too, Roy. Um, uh, I love it. Uh, good morning to you, my friend. Um, where are the Falcons picking? The Falcons are picking eight. The FedEx Arthur Smith Memorial pick, number eight, for the third year in a row after three consecutive seven and ten seasons. It'll be real easy to remember where these guys are picked because they're always picked at eight. Um, and what's interesting in this, just about three of the bigger names have come out here recently with mock drafts. Mel Kuyper, the godfather, Bucky Brooks, who's been doing it a while now over at NFL.com, and Daniel Jeremiah, who is, for me, an up-and-coming. He's probably been doing it for 10 years. That means he's young to me. Uh, guy over at NFL.com, too. Every single one of them had quarterbacks going one, two, three. Every single one of them had the Atlanta Falcons going edge Dallas Turner, Alabama Crimson Tide. Um, I can get behind that one in a hurry. Uh, the Falcons have enough. The worst thing you can do at eight is reach. What about the quarterback? What about the quarterback? What about the quarterback? You know, how would you like to have gone into the draft two years ago and said at eight, have to have a quarterback. Let's get Malik Willis. Let's get Kenny Pickett. What if Desmond Ritter had been taken at eight instead of the third round? Oh my God. So you don't have to take a quarterback at eight. If he's there, absolutely. Freaking lootly. Absolutely. You're going quarterback at eight. If there's one there you like, but you, you can't reach for that guy. There wasn't a quarterback. Brock Purdy was is going to be end up being the best quarterback out of that class. Uh he went last. So Dallas Turner makes a lot of sense. Another cornerback. There's some guys right in there. Terry on Arnold, Kool-Aid McKinstry, uh kid from Clemson. They're right there. Wide receiver. Makes sense. Another top 10 skill position player, Scott. Another pass catcher. That's three out of the last four years. Well, yeah. You know how many wide receivers you have on con under contract in 2024? One. You have one. The Falcons have one wide receiver under contract right now. One. Drake London. That's it. So, yes, good wide receiver in a deep wide receiver class. About offensive tackle. This is a huge offensive tackle class. Okay. You draft an offensive tackle, and maybe if, if you move on from McGarry, and Jake Matthews is getting older too. One more year of his contract, maybe you, you get him while you can instead of getting him when you have to, and he's not there. But Dallas Turner makes a lot of sense at edge. Uh, he should draft um, He should draft pretty well. Uh, Jamil McCall, good to see you. He's kind of saying the same thing. He said, I'd rather get the best player available at eight, preferably edge. Uh, then get a quarterback, a veteran one this year. It's it's really not that complicated, guys. Uh, no, I will see. I may change my mind when I get down to it. I'm, I'm I can't wait. I'm going down on Monday. 
Practices start Tuesday for the Senior Bowl, so we'll be back here on Wednesday talking. Um, Wednesday of next week will be a big, uh, what did you see down at the Senior Bowl, how those quarterbacks look. They don't do a ton um, on Tuesday. You know, everybody's just kind of getting a lot of throwing on air, but you, you get a decent idea uh, of what it should look like. Um, but I just ran through some of these. Edge, pass rusher makes the most sense. Now, Ryan Nielsen doubled the Falcons' uh, sack total. Doubled. Went from 21 to 42. Um, I say Ryan Nielsen, but, you know, and his, and his Atlanta Falcons defense. They did that with the, the leading sacker, I think, was six and a half. Was I, was I, I read on that, if I'm not mistaken. I don't have it up in front of me. Six and a half. And... Uh, double, but that still puts them bottom 10. And and the, the the bad thing for the Falcons defense is pass rush win rate. How often are you beating guys in front of you and getting to the quarterback? The Falcons were DFL, dead Farkin last, dead last in pass rush win rate. We know they weren't getting to the quarterback with four guys. And it's amazing that the, the they were able to, with smoke and mirrors, do as well as they did with their defense. That's one of the reasons Ryan Nielsen was a hot candidate. Because how do you how can you be that good on defense with zero pass rush? They were still bottom 10 in sacks. That's how bad they've been when they only had 39 sacks the previous two years combined. Move up to 42, and they're still bottom 10. Pass rush, absolutely. Quarterback is the number one need. Probably not going to be there. Probably not going to want a quarterback at eight. Pass rush, if that's not there, I can look at corner. Um, do I want to, you know, try and bring back Jeff Akuda? Let's see what he costs. Free agency will open before the draft. Um, AJ Terrell is going to be playing on his fifth year option. I believe this year, um, he's due for an extension. Um, but having, we talked corner for the last couple of years to get that running mate opposite Terrell. We talked sauce Gardner. We talked Derek Stingley, um, Devin Witherspoon. You could go corner in that spot. You could go offensive line. I don't think anybody really wants to. Um, but there's enough needs that you can go, uh, you trust your board on this and go best prospect available, uh, and, and see if, but if it's close, if I'm in my tiers and I've got a grade on these guys, let's say I've got Dallas Turner at 12, but I've, I'm, I'm grading them numerically and I've got Dallas Turner at 88 and I've got Olu Falashano, um, Falashano at, at an 89. I'll go with the edge. Thanks. That's close enough for me. I don't necessarily have to go my highest graded player in that spot. Um, I, I go in tiers and um, hopefully won't end up in tiers at the end of the, uh, at the end of the draft. Um, I'm going to get a slug of coffee here real quick. Let me see here. I want to go through some of the, yep. And AC says Dallas Turner. Absolutely. Yeah. And keep an eye on Layatu Latu. Uh, I like him too. He's a little bigger. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I'm not hundred percent into my draft yet. So a lot of this is just uh, going off the top of my head. Apologies. Um, but I, I think he's a little bit, but I, I like the way Dallas Turner seals an edge. Um, I, I watch him defend the run. So I'm not up on my draft as much as I will be in a week. Um, but getting there, uh, why is no one interviewing Vrabel? Uh, they are, they are. And, and Vrabel, I just saw him being connected with somebody that it could be done today. Uh, could be done soon. I don't think Vrabel's going to be out of a job for um, for too much for too much longer. Joe Cannon asks, "Good to see you, Joe. Great morning to you. What if we trade a 2024 second and a 2025 third for Fields and still draft Turner, Dallas Turner, at eight? A second and third with uh, especially a 2024 and a 2025 for Fields. I think that would probably be worth it. Um, 
does and again you get back to it and you say does does justin fields move the needle for you uh yeah he makes his team better Here, here's one of the problems i have with justin fields and i've been a proponent for justin fields for a while um the fifth year options are just screwed up they they just are they run it basically like they do franchise tags instead of a fifth year option as a draft choice should be where my fifth year option was in my draft. Kyle Pitts is a Pro Bowl player. They do three, they do four tiers on this a basic fifth year option. Then there's an escalator for uh, amount of playing time. And then there's two escalators for Pro Bowls. So the max you could get is two Pro Bowls, uh, would be the max fifth year option. And it's set and it's based on your position. So, Kyle Pitts, who is a Pro Bowl tight end and the number four overall pick, his fifth-year option is just $10.6 million, okay? That's a no-brainer. You're picking up Kyle Pitts. You're picking up. Even if you want to move on for him, you exercise his fifth-year option in, uh, in, in, a, in a couple of weeks here. Now, I go down to, um, let's say, quarterback. Quarterback. Uh, let's say we talked about Mac Jones. Mac Jones's fifth-year option is playing time-based because he did get enough playing time. Is twenty-two million dollars? If he had made a Pro Bowl, it would go to thirty-one million dollars, and if he had made two Pro Bowls, it would be thirty-six million dollars. Mac Jones was drafted fifteenth. If you thought he was a better prospect and worthy of being paid a slotted scale based on where you were drafted, then why does it change on your fifth-year option? That makes zero sense to me. I say all this by saying that Justin Fields' fifth-year option right now is $22 million. You're not trading him. You're not trading for him without picking up his fifth-year option. Now, you could, I suppose, and 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 Daniel Jones this thing, Caleb McGarry this thing, make a tra- Jeff Akuda and make him play on it for a year. For a second and third, you probably could do that. Um, but do you want to be stuck like the Panthers were with Sam Darnold when they made that trade and immediately exercised his fifth-year option? I'd rather gamble that he'd be worth $40 million uh, in his fifth year because he had an amazing year in his fourth year with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, so that's uh, that's what I am I'm, I'm thinking on that. Yes, Justin Fields is an option. Russell Wilson's an option. Kirk Cousins is an option. Um, all of those guys on here. Um, I am going to, uh, here we go, talking about Dave. Dave says, stop chasing edge and short in the middle of the defense due to the aging of both Grady and Anyamata. I have to believe that Coach Nielsen will poach some of those depth D linemen from the Falcons. The Falcons have done a fantastic job with no-name guys coming in and doing it. LaCale London, uh, Amir Abdullah. Amir Abdullah. Abdullah Anderson. That's who I'm talking about. Who's Amir Abdullah? Is he a wrestler? Uh, Abdullah. He was a running back, I think. Uh, Abdullah Anderson. Interior guys that have done um, a really good job. Um, but, uh, you know, money's going to come down to it on, on some of these things. And uh, the Falcons have some money on it, too. And I think the middle of the defense is fairly well shorn up with Anyamada and Grady Jarrett, at least for a year. And it, you, you can't stop. You can't stop chasing edge until you get them. Again, you're 32nd in pass rush win rate. Ebiketti was okay. He's he's okay, but he's not a number one. Man, edge is still the biggest need on this team outside of quarterback. 
uh, is where I would go. And you can go second round. The the interior defensive linemen don't get paid as much and they don't get graded as well. Uh, I can get a I can get a, a good interior lineman later on. And where I find those guys, I find them at the Senior Bowl. So Dave, we'll be talking a lot of those type of players um, after we watch the one on ones because you can find some good depth there. So, all right, listen, y'all, unless you've got any burning desires, I am going to get out of here. We've got a lot of folks watching. We started slow and we built up to over 300 concurrent. I appreciate you being here. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you get the alerts because, like I said, I probably won't go live on Monday because I'm going to be driving down to Mobile, Alabama, and I want to get all my stuff and get out of here and not be distracted. But that probably means I'll go live Tuesday morning. So make sure as I change up the schedule as – the news breaks because the minute the Atlanta Falcons hire a coach, we will go live for a gut reaction. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. I appreciate y'all being here. Um, I want to drop a couple of links in real quick. You can share. I'll just do uh, the Spotify and let me see here. I've got the Spotify link for the uh, for the podcast and the iTunes link for the podcast. I want to drop those in the chat real quick. There's iTunes and there is Spotify. And if you are listening after the fact. Um, they're in the chat and they're also in the description if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook. And if you're listening on Spotify or iTunes, well, thank you. You're already listening there. Uh, I'm going to get out of here. I will be back on Friday to talk some coaching moves. That's what I want to talk about on Friday. We can hit on some of the playoffs. We can hit on a little bit of draft, but I want to talk about coaching moves because I have a feeling there's going to be a couple more break here in the next 48 hours. So thank you everybody for joining me this morning. I want to thank Victor. I want to thank Greg. I want to thank Edward Brown. Uh, for coming in with the financial support for the show. If you came in with some stars, I will thank you after the fact too. I want to go in and say uh, in the chat uh, to check in and say thank you as well. Um, Bobby Sloak to do his second interview on Thursday and the Falcons are also doing their second interviews with Aaron Glenn and uh, and Ben Johnson up in Detroit coming up this week as well. Ben Johnson looks like he could be the next commander's head coach. Jim Harbaugh, the next Chargers head coach. For me right now, it's probably Belichick, Raheem Morris, or Bobby Sloak. Uh, we will see how that breaks. And if it's Bob, if it's uh, Bill Belichick, it might not be Rich McKay. How would that make you feel, Falcons fans? Y'all have picked up my day already. I appreciate you being here. Y'all have a heck of a Wednesday, and we will see you next time.